from Impact Fashion, it's Be Impactful, a show about the women making a difference in their own corners of the world. I'm Rifki at Squids, and on today's show, I go solo to talk about the snuggle dress. I share what aspects of my business have been rethunk over the last two years, the overwhelming emotions of the last couple days, and how you can still get your hands on a style that was my fastest ever to sell out. Hey, lovelies. Well, this is strange. This is very, very strange because this is the first time that I am recording a podcast episode about a style that I am nearly positive by the time you listen to this will no longer be available. And I have mixed feelings about that. I have, I'm super emotional about that in general. Um, and, and I, and I don't even know where to start. I truly don't even know where to start. Um, I, yeah, so I'm. I just hit. I, I procrastinated this so bad because I have mixed feelings about it, and I didn't know where to start. And that's it. We're here. We're here. We're doing it. It's happening. So I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna talk, and 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 hopefully, you know, I f- see when I when I do these solo episodes, especially around new product launches, my goal is always to kind of give you insight into what my design process was and what I hope you'll get from the new pieces and, you know, also just like little updates about what's going on with the company and, and in my life and, you know, which is kind of the same thing, but, you know, and, and what all of that means. And I would like to still do that. Um, I think, I think it's nice to still do that. Um, we're friends and I like giving updates to my friends. So that's what we're doing. We're going to do it anyways. Um, even though I have no idea if the snuggle dress is even going to be available by the time this goes live. Um, I know that as of when I'm recording this, it's about, um, what time is it? I don't even know. It's seven o'clock on Sunday night. Wow. It really is late for when I usually record these. Um, it's seven o'clock Sunday night before this goes live. Um, the weekend has been really whirlwind and that has, and and it caught me by surprise. I mean, it, it shouldn't have, it shouldn't have caught me by surprise because there were pre-orders and I knew what those numbers would be, but starting from when I was actually holding dresses on Thursday until now, it's been a little nonstop. And I guess there's a difference between knowing and knowing. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a difference between knowing that something is going to be busy and actually like literally neck deep in boxes trying to figure out how we're going to move all of them. So all of that is, you know, all of that's been a little bit, a little bit kind of crazy. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do, I'm going to, I still want to take you through, you know, the behind the scenes of my process and why I wanted to make it and all of that. We're going to start with that. And then we're going to kind of rewind back in time to last Thursday. And I'll give you some insight on what that has been like. Um, and what has been happening now. Um, because like I said, by the time you hear this, as of when I'm recording this, there's almost none left. Um, 
I will give you a, a real-time inventory update. I mean, real-time for when I'm recording this is that the mustard is sold out in extra small and medium, I think. Hold on. I'm double-checking. Um, I know that the black, for a fact, is sold out in extra small, small, medium, and extra large. So as of right now, it's only available in um, large and 2X. And the mustard is, I'm just pulling up these numbers. I should have done this before I started recording, my bad. Um, the mustard is available in small, large, extra large, and 2X. So, but very few pieces of each. Um, and very few pieces of each also on the black. So, but I still want to give you my process. So over the last kind of... I mean, really, honestly, since COVID, not only have I been rethinking my business, I've also been rethinking my wardrobe. I've been rethinking for myself what it means to get dressed. I've been rethinking for myself what it means to be presentable, um, what it means to be put together. Um, you know, I've been, all, all of those have really, they've changed for me um, over the last I don't even know how long has it been since COVID since, you know, over the last two years, essentially, um, because I think that that's changed for everyone. I think that what we, you know, I think that in a lot of ways we've learned to cut each other some slack and in some ways we've learned to cut each other no slack if, you know, in, in some areas or another. And I think that one of the ways where we've started to cut each other some slack is in the way that we dress. I do think that there is kind of a casualness um, that I don't think is necessarily a bad thing happening in our wardrobes. And honestly, I'm kind of here for it. I noticed for myself that I, um, I don't wear makeup every day. Um, you know, sunscreen and moisturizer sometimes, those kinds of things. But for the most part, I'm not, I'm no longer feeling compelled to wear makeup every day, which it was just an interesting thing that I noted for myself. Um, I am no longer willing to be uncomfortable, which is another thing that I noticed is that, I used to wear heels, for example, three, four times a week. Like anyone who's known me for, a, you know, from like high school on, I wore heels all the time, literally all the time. And I'm on the shorter side. I'm 5'2". So for me, I'm barely 5'2". So for me, heels were an instant like confidence booster. I just love the way I walked in them. I just, and, and there is still a place in my life for heels. I also don't remember the last time that I wore them. Like even to um when was no last time I wore heels was a wedding that I went to like two months ago maybe yeah but like that's pretty much all like even um for for a shop if I'm going to shul or something like that um you know if I'm a synagogue then those are then no, I'm in flats like if I'm doing any amount of walking I'm in flats and it's just one of those examples of ways that I'm unwilling to be uncomfortable I won't do it anymore which was really fascinating because I used to think that I used to not feel dressed unless I was a certain level of uncomfortable I used to not feel you know you needed to be dressed and 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 it makes you stand up straighter and and just be more presentable is the only word that I could think of and honestly with COVID that's just something that's gone out the window I I don't have patience for that anymore and that really led to me rethinking my wardrobe, rethinking, you know, I noticed the pieces that I was constantly going back to 
or the pieces that I was looking forward to wearing in my day-to-day life, my everyday life, and also among my dressier pieces. And I let the line between those two things get blurred. I was, I found myself over the last two years more open to having pieces that go from one to the other. I also found myself even, and, and part of why I think that I found that happening was because even when I was in a dressier situation, and I'm not talking about like weddings or stuff like that, but if I was going out for like a, you know, a nice brunch or if I was brunch, like I'm someone who brunches, like, like people with my friends, like dinner with my friends or something like that. Um, brunch just has such a much more pretentious feel than dinner for some reason. I have no idea why, but I digress. Um, I, you know, with, or if I was, you know, on a Shabbos afternoon, those kinds of times, I found that I was much more interested in dressing up my comfier everyday clothes than pulling out some of my, you know, dressier pieces that were not as comfortable. So that was another thing that I noticed. Um, also, I noticed that I just liked, I was leaning into the cozy in general, <laughs> just, you know, blankets and sweatshirts and just, you know, things that, things that are snuggly. Like it just, it just made sense for me. Um, and I got to thinking, what if there was a piece that encapsulated all of those things? Something that was dressy or, or put together looking presentable, but still really comfortable that I didn't have to think about wearing that was easy to wear that kind of did all the hard work for me um, in terms of what it looked like and that kind of thing. Something that was simple to throw on and that I could wear to a business meeting and also to address your occasion. So I started thinking about what all that meant. I also, on a like personal professional level, like the idea of experimenting with knits. I um oh backtracking for a second. There are two different types of fabrics. There are wovens and there are knits. Wovens are traditionally what we think of when we think of fabric. So wovens are made similar to how think about someone basket weaving. So you have uh they're called warp threads and weft threads. One's uh, one of them goes across, one of them goes up and down, and you have them on a loom and you you know, weave the threads over, under, over, under throughout each other. Those are woven fabrics. Um, they're kind of like much more traditional type fabrics. And then there are knit fabrics, which if you imagine an old lady knitting, it's one ball of yarn that is looped around itself time and time and time again, um, essentially in a series of knots to create one piece of fabric. Um, knits are completely different from wovens. They have completely different properties. They need to be cared for differently. They are just different. Um, they act differently from um, from wovens. They drape differently from wovens. They pattern differently from wovens. They're totally different. I am couture trained in wovens. Um, I've actually never worked with knits before. So for me on a personal level, and I guess on a personal, per- like in my professional in my personal professional life, if that makes sense, I um, I really like the idea of experimenting with knits, of having, um, you know, of, of challenging myself to work with something that is outside of my wheelhouse, um, but, but I still wanted to learn. In the end, I didn't end up learning it. Um, I realized that I had scheduled myself too tightly. So um, I did end up hiring someone to create the pattern and I worked really closely with them to 
um, you know, make sure that it was perfect. And we ended up doing a lot more samples um, because you actually can't muslin in knit. So my usual process is that I create a pattern. As I'm creating a pattern, I create what's called a muslin. That's M-U-S-L-I-N. And what that is, is essentially a mock-up of the pattern. And a muslin is your first draft. So as I'm working on the pattern, I'm also sewing up this muslin so that I can then make it more um, like make any adjustments and stuff like that. This is also part of why I pattern in my own size because then I, I try it on as I as I work and I can make sure that things um, are coming together in the way that I intend them to and stuff like that. So as I work on those pieces, I um, I, I muslin them up. Now muslin is also a specific type of fabric um, and it's lightweight and it sews up easy and it's easy to write on as well so you can make any adjustments right there um, you know, you can do any adjustments in fitting. You can make it right there on the fabric. Um, but muslin is a woven fabric. You can't make a knit muslin. Like, it's just not a thing. Um, so you make it up in the fabric. There is no, there. you, you kind of skip that in between process. So I worked really closely with someone who is trained in knits to create the pattern for the snuggle dress. And then we made up the first sample we were pretty close. We were like 90% there on that first sample, uh, but still some changes needed to be needed to be made. So from that first sample, we ended up doing um, three samples total to be fully, I guess, you know, to get it 100% perfect. Um, so I guess that's a goal that I didn't meet with this with this design. I didn't, you know, I I wasn't able to take the time to really figure out and and kind of teach myself knits. Um, I don't regret not doing that. I think that the product is better. Um, ultimately I know that my sanity is more intact, uh, because I didn't push myself to do that. Um, the, the timeline on this, just because of with how crazy everything has been with shipping, which is something that we'll speak about, um, is, had, was just very tight and it would have been, it would have been very difficult for me to have, to have done that myself. Um, and I, and for me, I think it was good. It was good to let go a little bit in that way. Um, it's also just good to know that like now I have a guy who can do patterns, um, that I know I work really well with and that I know we get great results with. So that, um, you know, that is good to know, <laughs> you know, it won't, it's, I don't know. I don't think that I, you know, everyone talks about, you know, when you should start hiring out certain aspects of your business and when things should be more, you know, when you as an owner are supposed to get less and less and less involved. Um, I can't imagine a universe where I'm less involved in the pattern making. Maybe, definitely not where I'm less involved in the design. That's literally why I do this whole thing. But may, maybe uh, I have had patterning assistants in the past with varying levels of um, success. Who knows? Never say never, but I, it would take a lot to convince me that that was something that needed to happen. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, but it is nice to know that I have someone in my box, in my back pocket, um, who can, who can do those things. So that's good to know. Um, so, so yeah, so I also wanted to be working with knits and I wanted to be creating something that was really cozy and yummy for winter um very inspired by the hug dress by the way you know what I loved about what I still love I should say about the hug dress um is it is one of those pieces in my collection that does 
lend itself to being styled a lot of different ways, which is something that I personally always look for when I'm, when I'm buying clothes. Um, and it is really comfortable and cozy to wear. It's easy to wear. I know that when I put it on, I will feel fantastic. I do think that the hug dress skews dressier. Like even when you style it down, it's still, it's like, it doesn't go all the way down. Do you know what I mean? Like it can be dressed up or down, but it does not go to the supermarket if you need it to. I mean, you know, listen, I've gone to the supermarket in varying levels of dress in both directions, but you, but it doesn't go quite that far down. So I kind of wanted also to, you know, in that, in that same way that what I loved about the hug dress is that you really feel like you're wearing pajamas and it's so comfortable. Um, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes so that you can check it out if you'd like. Then that I wanted something that had that same feel with a little bit of a more casual energy, but that could also get that same range that the hug dress gets. So those were all the things that I wanted to do. I also had this idea for a sleeve that popped into my head one day of, I loved the idea of, there's something in um, fashion history called a leg of mutton sleeve. And I'm blanking out on the exact dating of it. It's in the late 1800s, I believe. I'm going to give that a quick Google while I describe this to you. But the leg of mutton sleeve is the, is, think of, it's, it gets its name from a turkey leg. So think about, or like mutton, what, I don't know what a mutton is. I think it's a turkey. Um, and what it does is, is that, um, Oh, I was way off on the dating. The leg of mutton sleeve made its first appearance in the late 1820s and it was into the 1830s. Um, so what a leg of mutton sleeve is, is that if you imagine a turkey leg, then it has that like fat part where the meat is. And then there's the skinnier part where the bone is. So if you put that on a sleeve, then that's a leg of mutton sleeve has a very voluminous top and then comes to a very tight cuff. Um, and yeah, sorry about my bad dating on that. But yes, from the 1820s and 30s. And I, it was, it has always been one of my favorite fashion details. And I like the idea of trying to update that. I like the idea of doing my own version of that. I like the idea of a modern take on it. And I loved the idea of just something that felt, I don't know, just cool cooler but also had this like past reference and that kind of stuff um so I I had developed of occasionally sometimes when I sketch I won't sketch full um designs like full outfits um but I'll just sketch little details and this sleeve was actually a little detail that I had sketched from a long time ago um I wanted to create that volume with a knot that was really important to me I just I like knots. I just think they look cool. Um, and and with this tight cuff. And then I thought that tight cuff would look so great in a knit, first of all, because it can be cleaner. But when you have a tight cuff like that, you have to think about how your hand is going to get through that. But one of the great properties of knits is that they stretch really well. So you can, you don't have to worry about that. You can just get the, you know, you can just put your hand right through. So I loved that idea. Um, and I also love the idea of when you do that in a knit, then the volume of the top of the sleeve become so much softer and drapier and just lighter you know it's it's not quite as stiff so so those these were all like this was the soup that was percolating in my brain when I set out to start on a snuggle dress um with 
and and all of that kind of came together into this sketch for the actual dress where I knew that I wanted a more cocoon shape in the body and something that was I did not want a bodycon dress at all um I have always thought that I could not wear knits actually um I have always thought that knits were not for me I was just always super self-conscious in them especially knit skirts they were just not flattering and I just didn't love them and I just felt like I was hanging out like it just wasn't it it didn't do it for me to the point where I never even try them on I never even look at them I'm like oh cute whatever looks good on her and then I move on I'm not it's it just wasn't anything that ever did it for me and then I as I explored that more I really learned that the things that I was hesitant about were really just matters of cut and shape and style and it got me thinking well I know how to alter cut and shape and style so let's do that. Um, so I knew I wanted this cocoon shape. I knew that I wanted the banding around the sleeve to pull those details in around the neck as well, just because again, like cozy and nice. And, and I just liked how that tied in with the sleeve and then around the hem, uh, to, to create the cocoon shape as well. So I started playing around with all of this, got that sketch together pretty quickly, sent it off to my pattern guy and he did a first draft on it. We sat down, took a look at the pattern, analyzed it essentially made a couple of changes sent it off for first sampling um first sample came back and it looked really good the body of the dress was perfect the sleeve needed some work it took uh the reason why it took three samples was because it took three samples to figure out the best way to stitch the sleeve um so that the bulk was managed properly and laid nicely on the arm and that's um you know that was you know using different machining different stitches different um pleating techniques oh fun fact by the way the knot that's in the sleeve of the snuggle dress is the same exact knot that is in the center front of the blossom dress um i took the same i i you know i i had my pattern guy take the same pattern and he modified it um and basically shrunk it down to sleeve size for the sleeve which was really cool um and really fun to do I kind of felt like I already have a good sleeve I already have a good knot why mess with it and I like the idea of having I'm really proud of that knot in general that knot for the blossom dress took me a really long time to do and I just think it's a really great piece so I wanted to play with it and have it be even better um and have it be incorporated into the sunkle dress as well so pull that together we get the sample. Um, sampling actually took a very long time because uh, shipping is very difficult at the moment. Um, shipping was really, really difficult at the moment. I'm sure that you've heard a lot of talk around global supply chain shortages and all of that kind of stuff. And the big, you know, problem, <laughs> I guess you could say, with all of that is that things are moving through this country much slower than they used to. And I mean much slower than they used to. Um, Now, I didn't think that this would affect me, frankly, because I produce everything here with domestic materials. So I wasn't really worried so much about, like we were hearing about everything that's happening in LA, about stuff getting, uh, you know, caught off the port and things like that. And I, my heart goes out to any, to anyone, but especially to small businesses that are dealing with that bottleneck. It's it's a bottleneck and it's so hard, especially now with this time of year. Um, I, inventory is more important than ever. And if this is you, I am so sorry. I really am. There's, I have, I don't even know. I, I mean, I would be losing it. So, uh, but I, but I wasn't really concerned about it. I really wasn't super worried about it because it wasn't anything that I like 
that I thought I needed to deal with. <laughs> All of the fabrics that I use are stocked locally, um, are stocked in the U.S. for the most part. Um, I do that for, uh, well, for environmental reasons, first off. Um, and um, generally the fabrics that I'm buying are leftover pieces. So I'm buying, end, they're called end pieces, so they're already here. Um, and that allows me to get you really great fabrics for a really great price. And it also, I, it just wasn't something that I really considered. Happens to be that I mean, it's just my luck. Um, it actually took me a very long time to find a, the perfect fabric for this uncle dress. Because again, I always thought that I couldn't wear knits. And then as I began researching it more and kind of feeling my way through it more, I realized that you just need the right knit. Turns out it's really hard to find the right knit. And it took me a very long time to find the right knit. Way longer than it usually does. I can generally source fabric in about two weeks. I'm pretty sure it took me six, possibly eight weeks to find the right fabric for the snuggle dress. It was just a very long process. Um, part of it was due to my own inexperience with knits. Um, so it just took me a, a minute to kind of, you know, I had to find different suppliers and stuff like that. Um, and also it just, it's just, it's just harder to find. What I was looking for was just way harder to find. And the knit that I found that is the softest, it's, super soft and luxurious and also really holds a drape nicely and has really great shape to it and all of that like I really found the perfect fabric and I was so excited when I found it um part of part of that was um I, I find it um from a company that I thought was in Pennsylvania now the company is in Pennsylvania now I'm in New York so Pennsylvania and New York are pretty close to each other um you know parts of Pennsylvania are like an hour and a half two hour drive um but, you know, and the rest of it is not that far, you know, Pennsylvania is not that big. So for me, I was like, oh, great. It's coming from Pennsylvania. We shouldn't have any shipping issues. It's great. What I did not know was that um, the fabric is stocked. This company, their office is in Pennsylvania, but their stock is in LA, which is a problem for a couple of reasons. Number one, fun fact, LA, much farther from New York than Pennsylvania is. So things take a little bit longer. Also, um, with COVID restrictions, LA has been more locked down. Um, and especially during the time when I was doing this, when I was sourcing the fabric and, um, kind of placing those first orders to do sampling, LA was very locked down at that point. So the warehouse was shipping very slowly. Um, it was taking them a long time for things to even just leave their warehouse and, because of all those ships that were sitting in LA and that were like, and that were just not moving, any package leaving LA was taking a very long time. We're talking about commercial shipping, by the way. So these are rolls of fabric. You can't just like, I mean, I wonder if you could just bring it to the post office, but they generally don't just bring it to the post office. So because of that, anything leaving LA um, at the time it was really bad. Um, now it's only gotten worse is just moving really slowly. So what I knew was, was that it was taking a long time for the sampling fabric to come in. Something that should have taken a week took over a month. Um, and that also just like made the whole timeline very tight and stressful. And it also made me realize that, um, in the way that I usually work with pre-orders and, you know, it's so interesting because, Pre-orders is really something that, you know, we, we talk about all the ways that COVID, you know, changed our lives and, I, and COVID has 
totally and completely changed the way that I think about my business. Um, and the pre-order model is one of the things that I'm really glad that I embraced post COVID. And I'm honestly, I'm kind of proud of myself for it. Um, I don't know why I'm mumbling that under my breath. I'm proud of myself for it. This is something that I accomplished and I'm, and I'm very proud of how that came out because I, um, the, the point of the pre-order model was because I realized that for me to stock, um, as many sizes as I do and to really serve you and get you the sizes that you need, it's nearly impossible for me to say, okay, there's going to be this amount of size 16 solds and this amount of size 18 solds. And to kind of like, it's, it's just impossible. There's usually one or two sizes that are way more popular than every other size. And it's kind of different with every style. And, and it's so hard to know and getting that answer wrong, um, could be hugely expensive and also just frustrating for everyone involved. And, the pre-order model eliminates that problem because you pre-order your size. And then after that, I order the fabric and go into production. So up until now with pre-orders, I have ordered fabric after the pre-order numbers had come in. Because it had been so difficult to get the fabric in for the sampling of the snuggle dress, I realized that I needed to order it before the pre-orders came in um, because it would have honestly, because things were changing so quickly and there was no way to know if they would change for the better. And I couldn't bet on that. That would be irresponsible and frankly, kind of stupid. Um, and also because I, you know, for me, when you pre-order something that is, you've, I take that very seriously. I take that very seriously. And there are guaranteed ship dates and there are times when, you know, that's, I take it very seriously. You know, you're trusting me with your money before the dress even exists. And that's, thank you for that. You know, thank you for that. And also, I'm not going to mess that up. So I didn't want to run into a situation where I would promise a ship date and then the, and then I wouldn't be able to meet that ship date because the fabric had gotten delayed. Um, I, I just, I, you know, I just didn't want to do that. I, I couldn't do that. I wasn't, I wasn't willing to take that risk. So there was that. Um, and then on top of that, I also just, I there was no way to know if things were going to get better. Um, also, the uh, company, the fabric company was telling me that they didn't have quite as much stock um, domestically originally as they thought. Um, this is a fabric that is stocked domestically, but is not produced domestically. Um, so they... And, and so they weren't sure exactly what would be available. So I, using, you know, past data from previous styles, I ordered an amount of fabric that I was comfortable with and that made sense. And I had it shipped to New York. And of course it took forever and a day to get here, but it wasn't, but it was fine because by the time, you know, the, by the time, um, you know, there's, there's a little bit of lag time between when we have a, a good sample and a, um, you know, and, and I start taking pre-orders and then I go into production. So it, it made sense. But that also means that I can only make as many dresses as I have fabric. Um, and I couldn't just go and order more fabric because then it would take way too long to come in. And also, by the way, there's a seasonality here as well. Um, I want you to be able to wear it. <laughs> so I don't want you to, you know, for me to be getting a sweater dress in January where I mean, my New Yorker is showing for a second, but I'm assuming that it stops getting cold like, I don't know, end of February or so where you live. I'm assuming that you're on the East Coast. I know that's ridiculously arrogant of me, but 
what can I say? I'm from New York. So for me, it, I just, I really wanted you to have it for the whole season. And I didn't, and I didn't want to run the risk of it not being able to come. So, so I did it. So I, so I placed the fabric order before the pre-orders came in and didn't really think too much about it because I was comfortable with the amount that I'd ordered. I felt like I'd ordered enough. Spoiler alert. I did not. Um, as I wore the sample, my first indication should have been the photo shoot. Actually did the photo shoot pretty soon after the sample was ready. Um, immediately Meredith, the model loved it. Talia, my friend, the photographer loved it. Um, you know how you can tell when someone is wearing something and they just feel fantastic. I could tell that like that, that Meredith really just like felt amazing in it. And we, we shot some things on the street as well. And, you know, as well as in studio and we were getting a lot of like compliments and comments and stuff like that. And I mean, granted it's New York city, catcalling is a thing, but these weren't just catcalls, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was just a lot. Um, and I was like, Oh, that's, that's great. Everyone likes it. That's good. Then I started wearing the sample, you know, around pretty much. Um, you know, I get the samples a little bit before they're available. I'm wearing them around, um, you know, little events or not even events, just, you know, days when I want to be more dressed, but not really be dressed and all of that. And, you know, to shops afternoons and that kind of thing. And I'm getting a lot of compliments and I'm really comfortable also. And that's what I'm thinking. Oh, we might, we might have a problem. We might have a problem. And at that point, you know, what's done is done. What's sealed is sealed. Like it's, the ship has sailed literally, or has not sailed. The ship is still stuck in port and there's nothing else that you can do about it. So we're just going to have to move on. I start sharing the dress. You know, I start sharing it on social, through emails, um, with people in my real life. And I, and, and, and then, and then the, the, those reactions start coming in and the questions about it start coming in. Uh, we did the sampling in the mustard color. So, wow, that yellow is amazing. I love that yellow. That's so fantastic. Where can I, you know, when can I get that? When is that going to be available? This is so great. That looks like it's laying so nicely and, and everything. Now, now I'm panicking a tiny bit, but I'm thinking, okay, you know what? It's not, you know, the, I've had it before where, you know, a style got a lot of reaction and, you know, and, and still did like within the range of sales that I could support with the amount of fabric that I had. So I'm good. I'm feeling good. I open the pre-orders and my phone does not stop pinging from the orders. It, it, there's a, like a Shopify kind of cha-ching sound that happens. Shopify is the program that I used to run, to run my website. And when I open those pre-orders, it, like, it, it just keeps going and it just keeps going. And I mean, it was a couple of weeks ago at this point and I still, I don't know if I will ever have the words to adequately describe that feeling. I don't know what you call elation, being so grateful and thrilled, really thrilled and so happy and also completely panicked 
all at the same time. I don't know if there is a word for that feeling. But that entire night I had that feeling. And and <laughs> and as the orders are rolling in, it's after the first half hour, 45 minutes maybe, where like at this point I've put my phone on silent so that I can focus a little bit on what it is that I need to do when I realize, oh, I better calculate exactly how many of these I can make because I'm starting to think that I might need to close the pre-order, that I might need to, like I don't, the whole point of a pre-order is that it doesn't sell out, but I think it might sell out. It didn't. <laughs> it did not sell out in pre-order. Um, and, but but I did the math. I said, okay, I think I can, I, I okay, I think we're good. I spoke with the people who make um, what are called the markers. The markers are the layout of the pattern pieces on the fabric. Um, and we spoke about different ways that we can rearrange the markers to get more out of the fabric. There are a couple of different ways to make markers. Um, in the past, I've always done them one way, which gets which gets a lot out of the fabric. There's another thing that you can do to get even more out of the fabric, um, but it's not always possible with all styles. So I was talking to my my grading guy to see if he thought that it was something that, you know, the, if we could kind of like, re- what can we do to really squeeze out every inch? And he felt that with this style, that method would work. So we did that. Um we did it like <laughs> just barely, um, but really made it out. So then I got to thinking, you know, I, you know, that was why I, I so emphasized the pre-order for the stungle dress, because at a certain point, I wasn't sure if there would even be any inventory of it coming in uh, based on the amount of fabric that I had available, which I thankfully was wrong about. At once, I mean, once the pre-order closed, I put all, put together all my numbers went into went to the factory we had um you know we 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 pulled it together you know we uh, everything everything get gets made uh takes about you know this is why local manufacturing is such a beautiful thing it takes about 3 weeks and 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 that's it and 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 they're getting made right they're getting sewn this is where you know i'm checking in on it and making sure that everything is being done properly but this is like at this point it's not really my job it's you know, somebody else's job to make sure that this stuff gets sewn. It's just my job to make sure it gets done properly into my standards and all that. But the great thing about working with fantastic people and also working consistently with great people is that you don't have to, you know, like I, I, I know that with my factory that it's good. Um, and not that I don't check up on it. I do. I'm very much involved, but I, but I, I, I don't stress as much about it. The inventory for the sungle dress was supposed to come in on the day that you're listening to this, on Monday, um, which is why the guaranteed ship date was by Tuesday, because the plan was was that the inventory would come in on Monday, we would pretty much be up, um, you know, be, like, it comes in by end of business Monday, essentially, so we would have Monday night, um, you know, Monday night kind of through the night, and all day Tuesday to pack up all the pre-orders that came in, and then that's your guaranteed ship date of Tuesday. We took a look at the number of pre-orders by we, I mean, uh, my little brother and myself, by the way, he does, um, he packs up a lot of the orders and, you know, said, yeah, we can get this done in, you know, a day and a half or so. All great. I get a call from the factory last week on Tuesday 
that they're ready. Um, they, they had someone else cancel on their schedule. So things got just bumped up, move faster, move faster. So I wasn't able to um, receive the inventory until Thursday because there needs to be room for it to be received. Um, so I received it on Thursday. This is where things get nuts. Received it on Thursday. Got it, you know, all packed up and, and all of that. Spent Thursday night and Friday um, packing up the pre-orders and getting them out. Changed the date when the inventory would be released, whatever, like whatever little amount there was to be putting online to Saturday night. Put that up Saturday night. And, you know, like, like set up everything, you know, set up the product pages and the emails and, and all that that has that has to happen. Late Friday afternoon, pretty close to before Shabbos, I did one last inventory count. All the pre-orders had gone out. Um, everything had been shipped. And I did one last inventory count. And I looked at the numbers of what I had and each color and each size. And I immediately got this horrible sinking feeling because I knew that there wasn't going to be enough. I knew that I knew that there would be people who wanted to get it and couldn't. And I also knew that for some of the people who wanted to get it and couldn't, they were counting on it. I knew that there were people who were counting on this being, you know, a staple in their winter wardrobe, probably women above a certain size who didn't have that many options. The worst feeling. Really this like disappointment in myself and in not being able to to meet that. And I and it's frustrating because I there is no there's nothing that I could have done differently at any point. Um at any point. Obviously I could have ordered more fabric, but at the time when I had to place that fabric order, there was no way to know that it would blow up like this. And and to have just ordered more would have been frankly reckless and irresponsible. So I look at those numbers on Friday and I immediately know that there's not enough. And I even said to my husband, I said, there's, it's, it's going to run out. It's going to run out. There isn't enough. I know that there isn't enough. Um, and, and I was right. I mean, it's, again, I need a word for incredibly grateful so so grateful and also panicked and disappointed I need a word for that emotion because that is what has basically that is what I have been feeling basically from what is it 48 hours now from you know Friday afternoon till now Sunday night and I mean I know that it I also know, let me put it this way, I also know that in the, it's, you know, there's, there are a lot of companies that kind of create scarcity, you know, they either purposefully don't make a lot, or they purposefully don't stock a lot, or they purposefully only put little bits of their inventory up on their site at a time so that things sell out quickly, so that you order more, so that you you know, like you panic, like you have to get it now and all of that. I know that all of that shtick gets pulled. Um, I don't do that. That's, 
you know, I'm here to make your life easier, not more stressful or difficult. And I also know that when things sell out very quickly, it's frustrating. Um, it's really frustrating for me. It's frustrating for you to not be able to get the size or style that you love. And it's annoying. You know, it's annoying when you're constantly hearing that, oh, you have to get it now, otherwise it might be gone. If you don't get it now, then it might be gone. And sell will be over and this is the time. And blah, blah, blah. like, ugh. Ugh. That's my actual reaction to that. Ugh. And... And I, and I, and I didn't want to let you down. I really didn't want to let you down. And there's definitely still a part of me that feels that way. However, we cannot change the past. We can only deal with our current situations. So here's what the current situation is. And that is that even though there are things that people think we shouldn't wear, like knit dresses, there are some really great ways that you can wear a very, very good knit dress. So I'm going to give you the rundown on the snuggle dress, um, and also how you can get your hands on one, even if by the time you're listening to this, it is completely sold out, because there are still ways that you can. So the snuggle dress is my answer to all the things that we should not wear. Um, I think, you know, I have a similar train of thought with the most perfect pleated skirt, where I had never seen a really good pleated skirt that did not give me PTSD from my uniform days. And the sweater dress needed the same treatment it needed the same update it needed the same you know mm, it needed it needed to get the impact treatment it really did and the snuggle dress is honestly you're just dramatic enough to answer to warm cozy dressing this winter it has a cocoon body shape again that we I worked really closely with someone to perfect beautifully what's called a mock neckline which is a neckline that comes a little bit up on your neck but is not choky really super soft um, and it has a puff sleeve with a tight cuff that is all made out of this luxurious knit fabric that is asking to be snuggled it really really is it is your one stop answer to like just easy outfits all winter long it can be dressed in a million different ways one of my favorite combinations is to wear it with the ready topper to have the ready topper over it I think that that is just so chic and cool um that I actually have a uh, family event coming up and I am definitely wearing that with the mustard it's just a great piece that will turn heads and you won't even like break a sweat doing it seriously it comes in sizes extra small through 2x extra small is equivalent to my size 24 small is 68 etc etc so a 2x gets you to our usual range of 22 through 24 and um it is uh, machine washable machine wash cold lay flat to dry as you should with all of your knits by the way and it's, and it's just a really, really great piece. It's a really beautiful, great piece. Comes in two beautiful colors, in a mustard yellow and in a black, um, because who doesn't love black? Yes, before you ask, the mustard looks really good with black tights, by the way. And it's, and it's, and it's a beautiful, great piece. As of when I'm recording this, there are basically none left. Um, there are a handful, but really not. It will not be restocking for winter um, for all the same reasons that it couldn't get more fabric the first time. I can't go more fabric now. So um, it won't be it won't be restocking. However, um, you do have the opportunity to get your hands on the returns. So as you are probably aware by now, everything in my line, um, you know, I offer free returns 30 days um, with, yeah, like free return shipping and all of that. Um 
So inventory does cycle, meaning there are orders that I am expecting to get a return. For example, if somebody orders the dress in medium and large, one of them is coming back. Um, things like that. So because of that, um, I have something called a wait list. And the way that the wait list work, it's different from your typical back in stock notifier because the wait list is exactly that. It is a line. And because the inventory comes back in small amounts, I have the wait list set up so that when inventory comes back, so let's say one, you know, you sign up for the size that you're interested in. So let's say you want a snuggle dress in mustard and medium. You go to that page, you sign up for that wait list. If a return comes back for a snuggle dress in mustard and medium, but if it's a return, so it's only one, then an email will get sent to the first person on the wait list. If that person doesn't take the dress after I believe the time frame is like two hours or so, something like that, maybe three, then an email gets sent to the next person on the wait list. So it's there it is not a situation where you have like, you know, a hundred people waiting for something to restock and then one return comes in and it's a gladiator fight to the finish to see who can get that one. And it's super stressful and you like feel like you need to drop your baby to go order the dress. No, it's not that. It is a much more sane system. But what that does mean is that the earlier that you sign up for the wait list, the better. Uh, the higher up on that list you are, the more likely you are to get your hands on one. Now, I already know that a bunch of the colors and sizes are restocking because the lovelies who pre-ordered already received them and some of them are making returns. So this is your this is your sign. <laughs> Go sign up for the wait list and then you'll be able to um you know if if the size and color that you're looking for restocks, then you will be able to get your hands on it. So that's how the wait list works. That's what's been going on in my head over the past well couple of weeks and specifically last couple of days. And yeah. I mean I, I still, I need a, I need a word for that feeling <laughs> that basically this whole episode was about. Uh, I am going to put a link in the show notes to the snuggle dress in both mustard and black, uh, to the hug dress that I mentioned. Um, that dress comes in black and navy, by the way, and to the most perfect pleated skirt that I also mentioned quickly. I'm going to put all those links in the show notes and thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for all of your support. Thank you for bearing with me while I figure this all out. Um, just, just thank you. Thank you. I have to say, even with how quickly this did sell out, I have gotten not one nasty anything about it, which I mean, I should have known. I should have known y'all are the best. Um, but I, I, wow, just really, really wow. And, and thank you. That's really all I have to say. That's that's the that's the overwhelming feeling. The overwhelming feeling from the past couple of days is really just that of gratitude mixed with a little bit of panic, but just a little bit. So that's so that's what I got. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening today. Like I said before, all of the links that I mentioned are in the show notes. The Be Impactful podcast is a project of impact fashion, the clothing line I created because I believe that we are all deserving of the beautiful things life has to offer. See my modest designs that are available in sizes 2 through 24 by going to impactfashionnyc.com. Access all of that by swiping up on the cover art. There are currently 12 people listed by Ora Agunot as a recalcitrant party. View their names, photos, locations, and details of their cases by visiting getora.org slash recalcitrant dash parties. The episode art was designed by Michelle Moses. Original music composed by Nissan Fetman. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Rifki Itzkowitz. Catch me on Instagram and Facebook at impact.fashion.myc. 
As always, here's to making an impact together.